This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, October 16th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Conaway helping on campaign trail. Hurricane damage pulls down national cotton crop quality. And it's World Food Day. Conaway helping on campaign trail. House Agriculture Chairman Mike Conaway is in Iowa today to help one of the more vulnerable GOP House members in the November 6th midterm elections that represented David Young. Conaway will join Young near Des Moines at a roundtable on the Farm Bill with farmers and agribusiness leaders. The media will be allowed to attend, but not the public, a sign that Conaway and Young hope the event will reach a broad audience in rural Iowa. AgriPulse editor Sarah Wyatt will be on hand to cover the event as she heads to Des Moines for the World Food Prize meetings. The event comes as Farm Bill talks have been bogged down in a series of disputes between Conaway and Senate negotiators over provisions in the House-passed bill, including commodity and conservation programs, as well as food stamp work requirements. Conaway isn't the only star power heading to Iowa to help Young. Vice President Mike Pence will arrive in Des Moines Friday to help stump for Young at a get-out-the-vote rally at a Holiday Inn. Confidence on extension funding. Progressive groups that favor the Senate-passed farm bill say that Conaway has no choice but to cave on many of his demands if there's going to be a bipartisan agreement that can pass the Senate. Sixty votes are needed to break a Senate filibuster, and Republicans hold just 51 of the 100 seats. To some extent, this is a question of math, and math is on the side of Senate negotiators. That the word of Scott Faber of the Environmental Working Group at a news conference yesterday. If lawmakers can't pass a bill before the end of December, they'll have to pass an extension of the 2014 Farm Bill. Ferd Hofer, a farm policy veteran with the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition, expressed confidence that the extension would provide money for programs that lost their funding when the 2014 farm law expired on September 30th. If the next Congress does wind up writing a new farm bill, it's likely to look a lot like the version that passed the Senate this year, 86 to 11, Hofer said. Hurricane damage pulls down national cotton crop quality. Hurricane Michael hit cotton farmers so hard, wiping out whole fields of open bowl plants at their most vulnerable stage, that the national crop condition has been impacted. Only about 35% of the national cotton crop is rated good or excellent now. It's down from 42% just before the storm hit, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. And now 31% of the cotton in the U.S. is rated very poor to poor, up from 25% a week ago. Rippey said, you have to remember that almost a third of the U.S. cotton comes from these combined southeastern states. Many cotton bowls were open when the hurricane hit. Repi was taking into account cotton production in all six of the states impacted by Michael, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, the Carolinas, and Virginia. But Georgia accounted for most of the losses. Early assessments indicate now that 54% of Georgia's cotton is rated very poor to poor, according to the meteorologist. The pre-hurricane, that was 9%. Georgia's peanut farmers also suffer. Peanut farmers in Georgia also saw the largest impact from Hurricane Michael. About 17% of the crop is now rated very poor to poor, up from 6% last week. 
Georgia accounts for nearly half of all the peanuts grown in the U.S., and the state was about 38% harvested when the storm ripped through the state, according to USDA data. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue, who is in Georgia this week, is spending much of his time surveying damage and talking to producers about assistance that is available through USDA programs like the Tree Assistance Program and the Livestock Forage Program. In a tweet, Purdue said, Good to be with the folks at home in Georgia, but heart-wrenching to see the devastation and hear of catastrophic damage to farming operations. Southern Africa is ripe for trade expansion. The Ivory Coast, Ghana, and Kenya are three countries at the top of the list of African nations that the Trump administration is considering for free trade agreements. However, there is also plenty of trade opportunity further south on the continent that according to a new report from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Southern Africa, home to 167 million people in countries such as Angola, Botswana, Arutis, Nambia, and South Africa, where agriculture imports are high but reliance on U.S. commodities is low. Southern Africa countries import hundreds of millions of dollars of rice, poultry, dairy, seafood, grain, and other farm products every year. But it's the European Union that is the largest foreign supplier of the commodities. The main reason the U.S. only has relatively small market share there is the EU and the Mercosur countries, Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay, already have trade deals with many of the Southern Africa countries. The U.S. does not have an FTA in the region. Last year, the EU supplied 27% of Southern Africa's agriculture imports, whereas the U.S. supplied just 4%. Well, it's World Food Day. The United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, the FAO, will be celebrating World Food Day today in Rome with a renewed call to end hunger around the world. And U.S. lawmakers are looking to bring more attention to the issue here in the U.S. Representative Shelley Pingree, a Democrat of Maine, David Young, Republican of Iowa, Lynn Jenkins, a Republican of Kansas, and Jim McGovern, a Massachusetts Democrat, introduce a bill to designate today, October 16th, as World Food Day. Jenkins said the United States continues to be the leader in agriculture advancements, and I'm proud of the great agriculture research produced in Kansas that furthers our nation's ability to be a global food producer. Farmers and ranchers are key to bringing an end to global food shortages and preserving the lives of millions of people. But despite the bountiful production and supply, people of the U.S. and around the globe continue to be food insecure. McGovern said, despite how far we've come, there are hundreds of millions of people around the world who still wonder where their next meal will come from. There's simply no excuse for the level of world hunger that we currently see. Here's today's He Said It. I've never looked behind you. I mean, these massive trees are just ripped out of the earth. We've seen mostly water, and water can be very damaging and horrible and scary. You know, when you have, when you see water rising 14, 15 feet, but nobody has seen anything like this. This is, this is really incredible. That was President Donald Trump talking to reporters in Lynn Haven, Florida, after surveying damage done by Hurricane Michael. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, October 16th. 
AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Allen.